Welcome to Mad Max Curio Symporium. Today is Monday, September 9th, and I am now in my recovery phase from the Terra Studios Fall Music and Art event that was held yesterday to help raise money. It's their big annual fundraiser, and I had such a fantastic time, and I want to share it with you. Any of you who are tuning in now as a result of us having met, I do want to say up front, it was truly a pleasure and honor to get to meet and speak with all of you. And I really do mean that. I appreciate every single interaction that I am able to have with other people and other people being willing to let me into their lives, even just for a moment, just let me be there and be present with you. That really is an honor because it is hard to make ourselves vulnerable to others. And it means a lot that you extended trust to me and gave me the opportunity to offer you my own insight, my own experiences. And also, I hope that you feel that you've grown from the experience as much as I have. And more on that in a bit. But I wanted to just kind of give an overview of the day and it will give you, if you are somebody who practices witchery, it can give you a couple of ideas for what you want to do when you do readings. I hope that this is informative. It feels strange to go step by step, like step one, do this. So like I said, I'm just going to talk about my experience, um, expound on a couple of things here and there. Otherwise, just treat this as a fun story, all right? So the day before, which would have been Saturday, I took time to get ready. I had spent Friday doing a lot of the mundane gathering, sorting through, making sure that I would be able to set up a booth that was comfortable, that felt welcoming, but also had an opportunity for privacy. Fortunately, I didn't have to pull up the, I have a big, I bought a big black um, trifold foam board that could be set so that there would be like this little instant I wanted to say inclusion, no, seclusion for people uh, during the course of readings, but never had to use it because I wound up with an amazing location. Again, more on that later. So went ahead and did the mundane. Because remember, no matter what you're doing in life, you have to recognize that your feet are planted terra firma. You are in the mundane. You do need to address mundane things as they come up in order to be a good steward of your craft. So I took care of all the mundane things, gathered things up so I wouldn't have to do a whole lot of getting things together the day before because I wanted to dedicate that day to just my own spiritual alignment and just sort of it's it's that prep like you never work out the day before a big event i mean light exercise but for example if you do any kind of competitive sports event you rest the day before and i treated myself in a similar fashion spiritually i didn't do any heavy spiritual lifting i just took in positive spiritual experiences as a nice buffer. And why do I say buffer? Well, you will see later on. So took care of the mundane things Friday. Great. And then Saturday, I was able to go to the Four of Wands with my 
my beloved sister from another mister, had a great time. We are enablers of the highest degree. You do not bring a friend, especially when it comes to witchiness. You don't bring a friend to a botanica or a bodega or a witch shop if you don't want to buy things. Well, I went there with a couple of specific things in mind. And of course, those things wound up not being what needed to come home with me. And instead, I bought some more pretty rocks. Not not many, but there were two that really called out to me. And, and so I got them and <laughs> it was an excellent choice and I'm super glad I did. Believe what you will in regards to crystals and gems. For me, even if it is purely psychological, I actually love geology. I think it is fascinating. I like reading about different rock formations. I like learning how different chemical components come together to create just something that's so wildly aesthetically pleasing. And I enjoy from like an anthropological perspective, learning what attributes people over the centuries have given to certain stones. And when you see those repetitive correlations across, um, across cultures being given to certain stones. I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm just going to lean into sort of ancestral wisdom on this one and go with it. So I wound up with some angelite and I'm actually holding it right now. It's so pretty and perfect. I didn't have a lot of blue stones and that was a thing I noticed, especially because I'm doing something with communication that involves speaking. And I feel very strongly about authenticity, speaking your truth, but also opening up to compassion. That has been a repeated message I'm getting from guides. I'm getting from the cards. Thanks, Lottie. (laughs) The divine uh, portal definitely keeps hammering home an invitation to practice compassion. And that is something I'm leaning into and it has been wildly fulfilling. But why not have a physical, dare I say, for some of you, call it a mundane item. If if leaning in on crystals feels a little too woo-woo for you, and yet you feel interested in it, a way to get okay with that is to say, this is an aesthetic. This is something that has a psychological benefit that I can utilize. And then if what you perceive as the woo-woo continues to be uncomfortable, stay within that paradigm. For me, I just have learned to relax and let what is comfortable and what feels right and what feels as though it is putting me in a better place to stay and to just exhale everything that no longer serves me. And that includes ideas. I'm getting more comfortable and not considering things woo-woo or saying, and here's the big thing, saying, okay, if it is woo-woo, who cares? It works for me. I'm not hurting anybody, so it's fine. So give that a try. So I'm holding my angelite and I love it and it's wonderful. And I don't have a lot of blue stones and blue is the color alignment for your throat chakra. And you have to be careful, like no cultural appropriation here. It is not something I profess to be wildly experienced with. It is something I use in my practice to better myself without claiming to have discovered it, without claiming to have any expertise. And that said, 
it is something that has definitely worked for me. And I notice I, I have a lot of the other colors in terms of stones and like correspondences, but it was funny that I didn't have a lot of blue. So I also got some lapis lazuli and I also got some, I'm going to say it wrong. Lip, lip, it's like L-E-P-O-D-I-T-E. And I keep wanting to be like the leopard rock. And that is not what it is. See, you don't have to be an expert at things to appreciate things. Because here I am. I'm going to leave this part in. I'm not even going to cut it. Because I want everyone listening to understand that in your practice, you're not going to instantly become an expert. And that's totally fine. You don't have to be an expert to tell people you like a thing. So also the leopardite rock. That's not what it's called. But that's what it is in my head. And I just now realize all the rocks I got started with an L, which is fun and totally doesn't mean anything. It's just fun. So I got my stones. I got more candles because I go through candles like mad, more of the chime candles specifically. I've actually got a yellow one burning right now and I'm leaning in on the concept of air. The air element is corresponded with the color yellow and it's clarity of thought. And so I'm burning yellow for clarity of thought because I am a bit muzzy. Like it's seven in the morning. Well, it's not seven anymore. Um, see, I don't even have a concept of time. It's eight in the morning. <laughs> and, you know, I woke up early. I went to bed kind of late last night. So I wanted to have clarity of thought. It was a good meditative moment. So I got more of that. I got more of the mugwort incense. I cannot say enough about it. it's the um, hem brand. That's H-E-M mugwort incense. I love mugwort. Mugwort is valued as a divination herb and it does a great job. The incense is very pleasant. It's very gentle. So I bought more of that. So I've got that burning as well. And that is to give a hint of that insight. I want clarity of thought, but I also want insight. So hopefully I don't go on a million tangents. Haha, <laughs> we'll see. So the four of wands was everything I needed it to be. I think it was also wildly beneficial um, for my sister to get to shop around and get, get what she needed. And then returning home, there was some mundane things to take care of. And that was fine. And I did the preparations that evening for a ritual bath. And I highly recommend ritual baths anytime you are needing to get ready for an event. If you are more of an introvert, ritual baths are a good way to scrub up your boundaries, to do a little polish on your boundaries. If you're an extrovert, it's a great way to do a polish up on your boundaries. We all need boundaries. It is a good way to align, to shore up any, any spiritual soft spots that might need a little, a little bit of attention, add a little bit of spackle, clean it up a bit. So what I did, I went to my herbs, clipped off several different herbs. Um, the blend I used, I'm going to name off the top of my head, obviously mugwort, mugwort, rosemary, mm, mint, lavender, rose petals, jasmine, calendula. Did I say jasmine and rose? I think I just did. Um, 
see, I might have to cut out some of the pauses. Basically, it was a nice herbal bouquet and I gently simmered it on the stove. I added a little bit of my blessed salt and I just let it lightly simmer and basically made like a flower tea. If you can imagine, if you can kind of visualize that, like had a, like a bit of a flower tea going. When I ran the bath, I added Epsom salt. Remember, I'd already put some blessed salt in the water and I didn't use moon water to simmer the herbs, but I did add my batch of full moon water from the previous full moon into the bath. I poured all the herbs in and, and the water, obviously. You can strain ahead of time. And I did it so that the, the botanical benefits and the oils would be more released. That's why I simmered it ahead of time. But you can always make that, like, that nice bath tea, basically, and then strain the herbs out instead of dumping it all in. These I left fairly large so that they were easy to clean up, like they weren't going down the drain and it was a quick cleanup. But if you want, you can strain ahead of time and then you don't have to do any cleanup really. So I added that to the water and I also added apple cider vinegar because it is good for your joints. It's also good for your skin and it's good for your hair in moderation. And the amount I added to the bath definitely qualifies as moderation. I also have some powdered blue dye that does not stain. I use it in bath products all the time. And because I didn't already have basically bath salts or bath fizzies mixed up, I went ahead and just added some of it to give me the color I want. I brought in some of my stones and created an arrangement. I lit candles, so only candlelight in the bathroom. I inscribed a blue candle and lit that. And I got in my bath and I soaked and I meditated and I did some trance work and I had some very profound things take place during the trance work that I will get into maybe on another episode. I'm holding it close right now because I'm needing to chew over some revelations. Essentially, I was, I was given some big, big revelations in terms of the guidance I'm receiving. And so I want to hold that and just, it's still, it's still very precious to me. It's still a very precious moment that I experienced and I want to hold to it for a little bit longer. The trance was awesome. I don't, I feel like I need to trance more than I do. I get so busy. I get so caught up doing other things and that is part of self-care. I could do a the ritual bath, the time it took to get everything together was minuscule. It was not labor intensive at all. And the benefits I received from doing it were profound. I need to incorporate ritual baths into my practice more often. I enjoy doing it. It is not a difficult thing to do. So I need to just do it. Does this sound familiar to any of you? Do any of you struggle with this? Well, I know for a fact some of you do because we're human and we are really bad at caring for ourselves. We tend to care for others first. After my bath, I was up chewing over and doing some research. I had been given a spiritual homework assignment, more or less. So I was doing my research and doing the work that you have to do the work. You're given gifts, you're given knowledge, and you're given insight. 
but you are expected to do something with it. And there is joy. Joy is the end product so often. And for me, that was definitely the case. The enlightenment brought joy, but it involved work and I was tired and it got really late. It's, it, this was an after midnight bedtime, but the bedtime did eventually happen and that's good. <laughs> so closing on Saturday, Sunday, I literally wake up at about six or six, six, 15 in the morning with pharmacopoeia being whispered in my ear. And that's Hecate. When she speaks to me, um, one of her favorite things to tell me to do is pharmacopoeia. And then I'm expected to do the rest. Pharmacopoeia is her way of saying, get ye to thy herbs and do witchy stuff. So I got up in my boxers and t-shirt and I grabbed my little clippers and I stumbled outside and started clipping herbs. I clipped the ones that I felt like I was supposed to clip. And then I shredded them up. Well, I, I detwigged the rosemary, for example. So I gathered rosemary, mint, lavender, and I believe I also grabbed a handful of hyssop. But I couldn't say for sure. I feel like I did, though. Again, I was almost still asleep as this was happening. I put it in my ceramic mortar. I added some of my blessed salt and I began grinding. And I, I ground it all down till it was a wet mess. I grabbed my bottle of full moon water from the I'm trying to remember what it's called, Flower Moon. Yep, the Flower Moon. I added it to the pot. I dumped the herbs in and I set it to summer. I went to the refrigerator and I had one cucumber. I peeled it. No, I didn't. See, I'm half asleep. I washed it very thoroughly, like washed and scrubbed it. I rough chopped it and I put it in the blender. Once the herbal tea had cooked a bit, like all of those nice rich oils had been released, I let it cool, added, I think I added some ice cubes to cool it down, poured it in the blender, and then I turned the blender on and wound up with this beautiful green fragrant pulpy mess. I grabbed my cheesecloth, folded it over several times, stuck a funnel in a jar and I started straining and I wound up with this it smelled very cucumber but it also had that hint of herbaceous fragrance that chemophore of rosemary and just the cooling of the mint it's menthol is what's in mint and the a little bit of that lavender sweetness and lavender is a great protective herb and again, I feel like I might have added hyssop, but I couldn't say for sure. It feels like I did though. And hyssop is sort of a great anointing herb. It, it's not, it's a purification, but it's not a cleansing. There's kind of this difference. Yeah, it smelled great. And it was very cooling. I added a little bit of vodka as a stabilizer 
not a lot, just a little. I put it in the refrigerator to get nice and cold. I wound up bottling it up in an amber glass spray bottle and bringing it with me when I went to the event. And I, as it got hot, could spritz myself down and it was very refreshing and very cooling. So thank you, Hecate, for that inspiration. That was wonderful. Also, that's an example of Kitchen Witching, guys. Kitchen Witching Wednesday is coming up. That's such a great example of Kitchen Witching, and it all came from just that whisper of pharmacopoeia. Like, go out. You got a thing to do. And I did, and I am... it. It was worth it. It was absolutely worth, again, minuscule effort, if I'm being honest. Very little effort went into it. It was trusting my intuition as I went through the process. There's a lot of vulnerability there. There's a lot of, God, what if this is ridiculous and I mess up? I didn't mess up. It was great. I let people, anybody who wanted to use it, if they were, especially if they were looking kind of overheated a little bit, it's like, hey, Give yourself a spritz. It's very refreshing. Help yourself. And I feel like it had a very positive reception from everybody who used it. So if you used it at the festival and you are listening to this, I've basically given you the recipe. The addendum being do what works for you. If you have if extra herbs you want to add in and you know it's not going to affect your skin in terms of sensitivity, do it. If you have herbs you want to leave out, do it. I am very pro making recipes your own. I feel like that's important because each one of us is different and we should go ahead and take time to tailor something to ourselves and our needs. I'm going to be freezing the remainder of it into ice cubes, obviously. Like what else would I freeze it into? And that way I have it on hand. I can thaw it the day before because I did not add a lot of alcohol as a stabilizer. I didn't want it to become too astringent, basically, and kind of dry you out. So it's not going to hold up forever. Like it could last a week in the fridge, but I would not be comfortable using it after a week. And what I wound up with, it made a lot. It it made a big old two big pickle jars and a half a lot. Yep. That's a good measurement. That's a measurement people use. Definitely. I'm maybe a quart jar. I don't do measurements. Sorry. So that was what I was doing at like six, six thirty in the morning. And then I did a nice shower focused on aligning and waking up my chakras because that is a good way of doing even just a physical body check-in checking in with my boundaries my my spiritual bubble when i talk about boundaries often i do visualize an actual bubble around me everybody's different i feel like the the visualization of a bubble tends to be fairly consistent it's a good way for me to visualize and I like to make sure it's clean on the inside. Like I haven't allowed negativity to create this smoky film so that I'm not observing reality as it truly is. So I make sure it's clean on the inside and I, in my mind, I power blast any negativity that's got stuck to it from the outside. I just blast that off, clean it up. It's a great practice to visualize 
the cleaning and care and maintenance of your boundaries. For one, it reminds you to have them. For two, it gives you an opportunity for introspection on if the boundaries you've established are still serving you. So I did that work. There was very little that needed to be effectively gathered up, but I just made sure that my grooming for the day was very fulfilling. It had a very big self-care element to it, like tending to my body and respecting and honoring myself so that I would be comfortable physically to be available emotionally and psychically. And I'll tell people, I don't feel like I'm a psychic. I don't feel like I'm an empath. I don't know what to call it. It works. And that's all I'm worried about right now. Maybe at some point I will feel the impetus to have a more defined name for it, but I don't feel that now. So gathered up my stuff, had lots of water, had a jug of cold brew coffee, unsweetened. And that's another thing. I prefer to do things like this and rituals in general in a fasted state. So I don't count coffee. I don't count tea and don't count water. But if I'm wanting to be in a fasted state, I often, I won't even chew gum, let alone consume anything. I, it is just a preference of mine. I fast each day anyway. It's kind of a comfort thing. How do I explain it? I'm just not hungry until later in the day. Like eating breakfast makes me nauseous. So I'm typically fasted in a fasted state until I might break the fast as early as two, but usually it's closer to like four. So around four, I break my fast and I'll eat and I'll have a like a big glass of milk at bedtime. And then after that, I'm I'm asleep and I enter fasted state and stay until around the same time the next day. That's what works for me. This is not a spiritual prescription at all. Some people feel that they do better when they don't eat meat, for example. I could actually kind of see that. For me, if I'm just in a fasted state, that takes care of all of it, doesn't it? (laughs) So I did not eat the entire day but that's also why I didn't mention breakfast. And then I made the long, 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 long drive from Bentonville to Outpast Elkins. And it was such a nice drive. It was a Sunday drive. So it was a lovely drive because there were not a lot of people on the road. I really enjoyed that. I was able to just zone in and out a little bit, got there, got I I was, I had that moment of fear as I pulled up that I was going to say I was there like, hi, I'm Mad Mag. I'm, I'm going to be doing the readings. Oh, and as vendors, like we were showing up early to set up and I didn't get there that early, but I also had a very contained setup. My setup was not going to be elaborate. So I did not, I didn't have to worry about a pop-up tent, for example. I didn't have to worry about sound equipment. Oh my gosh, those poor musicians. I know they love what they do. Sound equipment and sound checks and all of that, that in and of itself, I do understand why as soon as musicians become, 
I don't want to say famous, just more prevalent or traveling more. I understand why they have setup crews. I do. So watching some of these people just doing their setup, I, I honor and respect that because even my very contained setup, it was still work and I didn't have to do sound checks. But yes, when I arrived at the gate, I was so afraid I was going to be told, uh, no, we changed our mind. Did you not get the phone call? I don't know why I was afraid of that. I, <laughs> it was, well, I do know why, because doubt, doubt is so insidious because as much as you think you've, you've weeded it out, there's always those little roots. You've always got to dig a little deeper. You've got to trust yourself and know yourself to be authentic, know yourself to have value. I was not turned away at the gate. I was given my little yellow tag. I went and parked, started setting up husband. We took separate cars. So husband showed up and we got set up. I wound up on the porch outside the wizard's cave. The It was perfect. I had a bench. I was in the shade. I did not have to deal with the sun until nearly the end of the of the day. And even then, not for an extensive period of time, it had reached, it had reached its high point And then on the decline, as it was, as it was on the decline, it was able to fit through what narrow bit of space there was for the sun to get at me. And it got really hot for a short period of time. And then it was gone and over the horizon and I was fine. So I was in a lovely shaded area the breeze would come through. I had fantastic neighbors. The music that was set up across from me so we could basically stare at each other uncomfortably, should we wish to be those people? (laughs) We didn't, and that's good. They were amazing. They did folk music, and it was folk music that I think Jan said it best. It just, you traveled the world with them in this all this folk music. And I cut my teeth on that. It was so awesome. It set the perfect atmosphere and everything was set up and the readings got kicked off. I did readings for staff and volunteers for free because they were already in my eyes, they were already paying something. They were paying with one of the most valuable resources we have. And that's our time. So they were getting free readings. Otherwise I was charging Ten dollars a reading. Children, I didn't do reading, but I let them pick from. I have a little flower deck that it's very, it's very cute and sweet. And you turn it over, and it's a flower. And basically, wisdom from the flower is the best way I could I could put it. So I would let children pick a flower, or I had one precious little girl who was interested in all of the rocks. So that was a great opportunity to start talking about geology and talking about the rocks. She wants to be a scientist. Yes, get it, sis, do it. That was awesome. I love getting to visit with children. I got to visit with my own child who had had a sleepover with her cousin. So when they showed up, I was thrilled to get to see my babies. And they would visit with me and then go off and wander around the festival That was something I loved so much about that day yesterday. I was perfectly comfortable letting my 
10-year-old walk around. I wasn't worried. I, well, first of all, I raised my 10-year-old to know that if somebody lays a hand on them, they can start kicking and screaming and causing a fuss, and that is fine and not a problem. So I'm very secure in that. My 10-year-old has absolutely shown they have no qualms telling grown-ups exactly how they feel about a situation, which isn't always fun, but there is value there if the grown-up is trying to kidnap them. The other thing, I trust the people. I trust the grounds. All the people in blue shirts, I feel so confident. I say blue shirts. The, the staff shirts, there's no doubt in my mind that if a child started kicking and screaming and saying, I don't know you, you're a stranger, that they wouldn't be like, oh, okay, so we're all going to stay here right now until we figure out what's going on. I also feel like there were just so many wholesome, good, kind, and caring people in general. We should always be vigilant. We should always be cautious. But it is okay to identify the places where there is where there is comfort and there is safety. It doesn't mean let your guard down to such an extent that you are putting yourself at any risk. Not any risk, but like unnecessary and significant risk. Don't do that. But learn when it's okay to pause. We are so bad at pausing, opposed to pausing, because a pause means we're not being productive. Well, you are. Productivity isn't always something that's going to have a dollar sign at the end of it. Productivity isn't always going to have a tangible end product. We want our tangible end product. We've been taught that we have to have a tangible end product to each and every endeavor. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. And that's just not true. So being able to pause and just allow yourself to be in a moment and be comfortable in a space is very valuable and very much something we do not do for ourselves as often as we should. And I certainly did it multiple times while I was there. I was comfortable letting my child walk around and explore. And I could tell other people were too. And that was great. That in and of itself had such a profound sense of community as parents that we could all unclench for an hour. What a fantastic experience. Just that alone. But I also had the opportunity when I wasn't doing readings to just set and experience this sense of peace. I wound up not really going on social media. I had intended to do some social media work while I was there, including possibly doing just a quick recording to say hi and tell people, remind people to come out. And I wound up not doing it. I enjoyed the quiet moments. And I don't regret it. It was something I needed. And I it was little breaths of, of extra fresh air that helped me just... I walked away with so much. And I don't know if I can put it all into words. I was, I was getting a very specific kind of nourishment that I definitely needed. I think we all need 
a specific kind of nourishment we all need that I was able to be very receptive to because of the capacity in which I was there in the first place. I was there in a capacity of being very spiritually open so that I could best serve each person who came to my table. And as a result of that spiritual openness, I was able to hear the underlying pulse of the community and the pulse of the event, that very sweet, kind, gentle joy of people who come together and are having their collective vibrations be raised because of art and because of beauty and because of community. So I had a great time. I keep saying that and I'm trying to fully put into words the an experience that is an experience that words aren't meant to describe. I had the pleasure of reading for so many amazing people, connected with somebody else who's a practitioner of Hecate. I was able to connect with somebody who has come here from California, who practices um, a more shamanistic tradition. And that was very cool. It was very neat to talk to that person. Um, I feel like that reading was very profound because we both were super on a same level. And if you're listening to this podcast, please email me. I want to talk to you more. And that's actually true of all of you. Anybody who took a card who is listening to this, please know that I am available. There is a reason I put my email address on the card and it is because I do want to communicate. Um, Incidentally, I have another episode that will be happening because of an email I got from somebody. If you email me, I am happy to address things. I might not be able to get to it right away. I got an email the other day that um, I am absolutely going to be getting to after I'm done recording this. I just had a whole lot of things I was doing and getting ready for. So I was not able to set down. I believe I got it September 7th. And I just couldn't sit down at that moment and give it the time and attention that it deserves. So many of you who came and saw me, just please know that I got something out of that experience. It wasn't just the $10, which those proceeds went to Terra Studios. We raised $120 from, from the readings. So Truly and deeply, thank you so very much. That meant so very much to be able to give you something that I was then able to get the money to give to them that thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I got more than that. I was able to have formative experiences with each and every one of you. Some of you had energy personalities that I don't get to encounter very often. And I love it. I loved it. Somebody, and I don't know if you're going to be listening to this. I'm 90% sure I actually remember your name because you had the name tag. But if you are, yes, I am talking about you, sir. A very, very nice gentleman came. And I'm not sure if he was skeptical or not. But he was, he was definitely like, we'll see how it goes. I did the reading. It, it absolutely spoke to him and spoke 
to what he needed to hear. And he and I come from a different, a different practice. He, he is a Christian. I am not a Christian. I have often struggled because there are Christians I encounter who are not kind, who would not have approached my table. And furthermore, who would have absolutely started very publicly and vocally like assaulting myself and anybody who did come to the table. The fact that he approached me knowing that I come from a different place than he does. And the fact that afterwards he took the time to say a prayer for me and it felt so sincere I needed that. Let me be very specific. I do know incredible Christians. I know Christians who are witches. I know some who are amazing. I don't know enough who are amazing. Unfortunately, there is a a very vocal group that puts a bad taste in the mouth of most of us who tend to be marginalized. They are a very, very negative representation of of a faith that encapsulates a lot of people. It was so good to have a moment with somebody who seemed very sincere and very kind and seemed very authentic in their faith. And that was a great moment. And I needed that. I walked away with a very important reminder. And as I said, I know some great Christians, but sometimes it's feasible that, you know, because they know me, it's easier to be kinder to me about how I practice versus a stranger. So that was, that was an awesome moment. I, For any of you that are still kind of working through your reading, and there were a lot of you, look, every time I get a reading, I'm chewing over it for a week. I go and get my cards read. You know, I I also walk the walk. I don't just talk the talk. And Lottie will tell you, I will sit at her table and clench my teeth and be like, no, are you kidding me? I'll either be saying, I already know, why am I being told this again? Or, but I don't want to. No, I don't like it. I don't like it. And she is patient and kind and will just laugh and help me literally in the process. And just with her energy, I get comfortable with things that are very uncomfortable for me very quickly because of her her energy and her warmth. <laughs> I don't know if I will ever match that, but I hope that each of you felt loved because in the moment when you're at my table, you're mine. You are precious to me. I truly and deeply care for you. You are under my wing. You are in my sphere and my whole purpose and intent is to help you in the ways I am able to help you. And it doesn't end just because our face-to-face interaction ends. So if you have to reach out, not have to, want to. If you have questions, remember that I am available. (sighs) 
moving on. I wish I could talk about each and every person that I read for because you were all so amazing. Ah, people are so cool, (laughs) y'all. As a hermit, I really treasure these moments and these times. First of all, because I get to choose. I choose, okay, I'm going to be out and interacting with these people. And that's very good for me. The reminder of how cool people are is so great. I love being reminded of how cool people are, especially because while I try to limit my social media, I still am on social media. And under my mundane name, as I'm going through and being like, oh, holy toxicity, Batman, what is this? Because you just, you can see repeated examples of people being awful. So I like having all of these positive face-to-face interactions because it reminds me that the story on Facebook is a story. It's still true. It's still valid. It's still awful. But, oh, thank goodness, I can get some of that nourishment from a positive interaction with a person who isn't garbage. So thank you all for not being garbage. We were all not garbage together. Yay! At the end of the event, the wrap-up went very smoothly. I Now I need to take a moment to seriously praise Terra Studios. I had people come by more than once. I had members of staff, volunteers coming by. Are you comfortable? Is everything going good? How are you doing? Oh my gosh. Thank you. That made me feel so valued. That was so kind. Thank you so much. It was so sweet that I feel like They were that way with each and every vendor and that way with just the people, making sure everybody was having fun, that things were going well. And that is very much in line with the spirit spirit of Terra Studios and what Terra Studios is about. It's another reason I keep encouraging people, like, go out there. If you haven't gone out there, donate. If you haven't donated, see what they have to offer. That was so great, and it meant so much. I will absolutely be back next year. Wrapping up at the end of the day, handing over the money and being like, can you count it? I didn't have a chance to count it. Hearing $120, which hit exactly on the nose what I anticipated, that was great. $10 a reading, that was awesome. And I don't regret a single free reading. I very much stand by people have more than one way to pay. Oh, and I almost forgot. Well, I didn't forget. I actually was sitting here like, oh, I have to remember. One of the volunteers gave me a bracelet that she had made. And if any of you have seen me in real life, you know that I am a bracelet junkie. I love my stone bracelets. I love them so much. I pair them very specific to events. It was so beautiful. I'm so excited. It, I think if I were to guess, it looks like, um, it's lava rock and then either banded purple, um, agate or amethyst. And either way, I don't care. I love it and it's beautiful. And I'm so excited. I'm like, this is going to be one of my reading bracelets. I got a gift that somebody else had made 
And I thank you. I had some people tip me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. This is something I would love to be able to do as a meaningful source of income. Obviously, I love doing it and it would be great to get to continue doing what I love. But the gift that was also so meaningful. Each and every one of you was meaningful, but I wanted to give specific recognition to those individuals as well, because that that's meaningful. Thank you so much. So wrapping up, hearing the end dollar amount and being asked about next year and be like, absolutely, I will be here next year. Are you kidding me? Yes. Yes, a hundred times over. I'm going to see if there are other opportunities available to me. If any of you listening know of an event where I could have something to offer, I, I would love to do it. I love doing this and that's why I do it. So made it home. I, I got home at eight o'clock at night because I stopped through a drive-thru because I am human. I had not eaten all day. So I finally ate at eight o'clock in the evening. It was delicious. I think anything would have been delicious at that point, if we're being honest. And I had a wonderful night's sleep. I had a long shower, had a wonderful night's sleep. And here I am, gonna get the day started. But I wanted to open with this podcast. I felt like this would be a great way to start the day was just to go over the experiences, to talk about it. Anything I talked about in terms of ritual that you might be interested in, more details, let me know. Send me a message. I don't mind going into detail. Any of you that I had the pleasure of speaking with, if you ever want to reach out, get a cup of coffee, let me know. I I like connecting with people. I like collecting experiences. I want to thank everybody for such a fantastic time, really and truly. I had such a great time and such an important time. It, it felt important. It had weight to it, not a bad weight, a comforting, formative weight. And I am grateful for it. And I hope everybody has enjoyed listening to this episode. For all of you who haven't listened before, here comes the sign-off. Remember, everyone, find your balance, be your best self, and take no shit.